mercifully, the first half of the Minnesota Wild season has come to an end. 21, 23, and 5. The All-Star break is upon us, so we'll recap the first half and talk about what the Wild should do for the rest of the season all on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes and so, so that you can join in on the Locked On Wild YouTube comment section. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we recap a uh, pretty sloppy first half of the season for the Minnesota Wild. I could not decide which word to use there. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about all the things that went wrong, some bright spots in the first half, and what the Wild should do as the season unfolds. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild Insider, credentialed media member, and joined uh, here on a Monday edition of the show by Alex Micheletti, of course. Alex, no victory, Micheletti, Monday today, because the Wilds uh, found a way to make this first half of the season even more embarrassing somehow by losing to an Anaheim Ducks team that's, I, I don't know, they're not really in a position where they're even trying to win games at no. this point. The Wild are, but I think, as we said in the postcast, effective Saturday night. The playoff chase for this Minnesota Wild team is officially dead. It's over. It's done. We're not going to be uh, trying to go out of our way to push for a postseason spot this year. And honestly, that's pretty indicative of a first half of the season in which it didn't seem like really anybody on the team Felt any sense of urgency. Michael Russo hammered that point home in uh, recapping Saturday's game. No sense of urgency. And uh, I think the most fitting visual of the first half of the season was the fact that the XL Energy Center was so quiet in the third period against the Ducks that you could hear a pin drop. Um, A very bad first half of the season for the Wilds. Just, I I mean, you can point to pretty much anything you want to that went wrong. And, um, just, I, I'm, I was actually, I was actually very, very relieved that we, uh, get a little bit of a break to, uh, to not have to see things play out that just continue to play out this season. Yeah. You've been, you've witnessed it live. Some of these, these home losses have just been egregious. <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing to lose on the road, but to lose in front of your home fans, and especially on Hockey Day Minnesota, when it was such a great day, you had Waro, Rozo right before, 
and that was just awesome. Just the the elements out outside and, and the fog and, and the lights. Uh, that was an exciting game. And then then you get <laughs> you get Anaheim and, and Minnesota wild, <sighs> and it was just disastrous. You, you knew when the goal got cold when Boldy's goal got called back that that was just you know <laughs> you know bad vibes were coming out of that and just just from there they just after that they they didn't do much yeah it was it was a hundred percent pack it up and go home after the uh after the boldy goal and that i think is a perfect encapsulation of what is wrong with this team what has been wrong with this team this season is there just is no ability to handle any level of adversity by this team. Like if if you have a couple of penalties that are are so so that are called on the team, they fold. If you get a goal taken off the board, they fold. If they fall behind early on in a game, they fold. If they score a goal and somebody responds in kind as teams do, they fold. And so, like, we just have been handed a million different reasons as to why this is going to be a season that ends after 82 games. And it's like the only people that don't seem to get the hint are the players on ice and the people running the team. Like, it, it this, this does not show any indications of a team that, like... I'm going to use Edmonton as an example again. They've won 16 games in a row. You can you can get hot. You can go mm-hmm. on a run. But every time it seems like this wild team is going to, they ha- suffer just a, a gross loss, and they go right back to where they were. And so there's no like building momentum. It's short little bursts and then going right back to where you were. And that's how we've we've spent 49 games – and have essentially just gone right back to where things were when Dean was fired. Yeah, <laughs> you see, you see the soft parts of the schedule, and they they kind of we we talk about this soft off air, but they, you know, they just <laughs> they they uh, play with your mind, like they they they're like, hey, we're gonna go on a run, and then just disaster sets in, more more injuries or or just you know turning over the pucks left and right. And the one difference about this year's team too, is at, at times, I mean, the goaltending has been absolutely horrendous. I mean, yeah, <laughs> horrendous, you know, maybe it's Gus, you know, going back to, uh, to his Ottawa days and it was a one year wonder. You, you have to think that. And then with flurry, it's just, uh, you know, it's a roller coaster with flurry too. And, uh, um, you know, with, with his age, you can't ride him a whole lot. So <laughs> you, you go back to Gus and maybe Gus isn't, isn't a hundred percent or they rushed him, but you know, you don't want to throw Jesper into this mess again. Uh, you know, after the, what they, what they did to him by having him play in Dallas, that was just, just the worst decision possible ever. So it's uh, yeah, this, this team, you know, we could, in one word, say inconsistent is yeah. is the name of the, you know, the game for the 2023-2024 uh, season. Yeah, and, you know, there have been some bright spots, as we'll talk oh, yeah. about later in today's show. But which which has surprised you the most 
that we have seen this season. And I'm just going to roll through some numbers here to kind of give you the scope as to where this team sure. is at. From a points perspective, the Minnesota Wild currently sit 27th in the NHL with 47 points. So they're 27th out of 32 teams in points this year. Uh, in terms of goals for the Minnesota Wild are 18th with 146. They're tied with Nashville and Buffalo um, with 146 goals. Now goals against the Minnesota Wilds are 25th overall with 164 goals against. And so bottom, bottom third in points bottom third in goals against power play percentage the minnesota wilds are 17th at 20.7 penalty kill the minnesota wilds are third worst they are um why did that number go back uh third worst in the nhl um with or actually second worst 31st overall 75.3% on the penalty kill. The numbers are so bad that it's like it's frying my brain. Um, special teams, meltdowns, injuries, hideous defense and goaltending were just players just going through these very weird slumps or inconsistent scoring streaks. Which one has surprised you the most through this first half? Yeah, I think it's definitely the goals against and and the goaltending and this defense because as we know historically this team has relied on their decor to you mm-hmm. know to have them go on long stretches of good play and uh just just way too inconsistent and you know when you get when you have a third pairing sometimes of Goligoski and Merrill it's it's the worst third pairing in the league. You know, there's you know sometimes you know, with, with pairings, you can rely on one person to like, you know, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, cover. To, keep, to cover, but yeah. they're, they're both anchors when they're out there together. Ugh. It's just, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hideous, you know, and it just, you know, it, it drags down the rest of the team. You know, you have, you know, when the goalies see that, you know, those guys out there, they're like, oh man, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, sometimes they're overthinking it or they're going to have to, but he, you know, try to do way too much. And, uh, and then the forwards too, they're like, Oh man, we can't pass it back to these guys <laughs> or, or uh, you know, <laughs> they're just going to fumble it. And I mean, even poor Dakota Mur- Mermis we've seen recently too, where uh, it just has had some nightmare plays too. It's just, you know, <laughs> the, the, the D options right now, it's, 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 it's absolutely awful. It's abysmal. Um, yeah. And there, there were a couple of plays on Saturday's game. There was one in particular in which, um, Johnny vibes got, yeah, I I think the right way to phrase it is escorted off the puck because it's not like he got moved off the puck. It's like when you have, it's like when you have a friend who's had one too many at the (laughs) bar, Yeah, they just continue to move. You basically just have to kind of guide them in a direction and they'll just go and it's like, well, one guy, one guy too, that, uh, you know, reading the Russo's recap, the fact that Jake Middleton, you know, he had a tough game and 
he just would not comment like that. That's a tough look, you know, especially, uh, you know, for a guy that is normally pretty vocal. Yeah. When you, have a, when you, when you have a rough game, yeah, you should, you know, should own up to that and just yeah. to, to have no comment that that's just that that's the way this season is going to just, you know, own, own your mistakes and, you know, and just, you know, you know, try to at least, at least say you'll be better next, next game, especially, I mean, that effort on hockey day, Minnesota against a team that's like you said, is in the lottery running, trying to get Macklin Celebrini. They aren't trying to win games. They didn't even have your, 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 one of your favorite guys in the league, Trevor Zegras. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's, this is a team that is just, uh, you know, trying to acquire young assets and eventually, you know, when, you know, Cutter Gauthier is there, you know, that, you know, they'll, they'll have a young nucleus to, to make a run. But, uh, that, that, and that Dostal kid, that, that's a guy that's beatable too. And, you know, the, the fact that they could only, you know, get a couple goals and not put away this Ducks team, they just, They've, they've let teams hang in there, which you can't, can't do because games are so close. You know, we, yeah. I mean, we saw, you know, so we saw yesterday the, you know, the Kings and, and the blues, the blues took another team to overtime and they won, you know, that's these dreaded three point games in, in, in the West. It's just, you know, if the, if the wild are trying to stay in it, you know, all these teams in front of them are making games go to, you know, into three point games. And that just kills the wild. Yeah. Uh, And so I think we're in consensus here that the best part of the first half of the season is that it's done. Yeah. Um, Everybody needs a break. (laughs) It's over. Everybody needs a break, including, including us. Um, There were some bright spots. And so we'll talk about first half MVPs and we're going to dive in and uh, we'll get into a meaty, look at the things that this team needs to do the rest of the way um, this season with uh, 33 games remaining. There are some things that they can do to um, to push this thing in the right direction. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about postseason. There are right. some things that they can do to push this in the right direction. So we'll talk about that as well as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. 
Uh, we thank those that took the time to vote in the Sports Podcast Awards voting. Voting is officially closed. We'll know by Thursday who uh, ends up taking home the uh, the prize. So uh, be Fingers on crossed. the lookout there. We'll uh, we'll see who ends up getting uh, the top hockey podcast for 2024. Um, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. But uh, continuing today's episode, Seth Topol and Alex Micheletti. Let's talk first half MVPs, Alex, because mm-hmm. there are three players that are currently on pace to play in 82 games this year. I think literally every other player on the roster has been injured at one point <laughs> right. or another. The mash unit. And so who is your pick? Because I feel like the three finalists, mm-hmm. Brock Faber, yep. Marco Rossi, and Jewel Erickson they have been in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. They have vaulted high on the list in terms of importance for uh, what this season continues to try to convince us that it is, even though it's pretty clear it's not. <laughs> Um, I think there's one clear cut winner here, but uh, who would you go for for first half MVP? Yeah, I love Eck. You know, I, if, if if Faber wasn't playing the way that he is, that Eck would be my choice. Uh, just based on the position that he plays as a forward on the forward group, a center, because they have they have no other centers. Uh, but the way Faber is playing, it's just absolutely incredible. You you talked about it the other night too for a guy that has never played the power play before, at least not in college coming in as a pro to not only play on the power play, but have to run the power play too. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And the amount of minutes that they've had to put on him as a 21 year old coming in as a first full time season, it's just, you know, it's, it's absolutely insane. And he's been playing, you know, top top minutes. You know, against some of the best best forwards in in the in the world, and and is is playing phenomenal. And he's at the point too where you know he'd be passed in the amount of games that he would be in college. And right now, he'd he'd still he'd be a senior at the University of Minnesota. So it's Jeez. it's it's just it's just mind boggling. And you know, the, the amount of pressure on this guy you know, coming in, it, it was insane because Kevin Fiala was such a fan favorite and the fact that they, they had to give up him, uh, was, was the criticism that, you know, wild fans gave Bill Guerin, you know, it, it, it was, it was insane. And he's not only has he put himself in the, in the Calder race, but I mean, he's made people forget that they had to give up Kevin Fiala. So, and just, (laughs) he's had to deal with, with so many people on the back end, they're getting hurt too. And, uh, you know, to not have Jonas Brodin at times and and then Jared Spurgeon and he's, he's, he's playing better than vets, you know, some guys that have, you know, won the Stanley cup and been in the league for, for a decade plus. It's just, it's insane. And, uh, yeah, thank, thank goodness that, you know, he's on this team. Yeah. No kidding. Because (laughs) I don't know where they would be (laughs) if not for him being able to keep like various parts of the ship have been leaking at various times of the season. And I'm not talking just little leaks, like 
there's a lot of water being taken on by this boat and Faber has come in and has stabilized quite a few different spots. Mm. And you look through the first 49 games of the season, he is fourth (laughs) in the entirety of the NHL in minutes so far this season. He has played in 49 games, 1,217 minutes, which is eight more than Roman Yossi uh, and is 19 fewer than Cam Fowler. Uh, Noah Dobson has not come off the ice for even a second for the New York Islanders this season. 1,272 <laughs> minutes. In Look at those names games. that you're talking that, that you're putting him in with. I mean, Roman Yossi, that the other night against the Wild, that, you know, it's <laughs> it's guys like that that you watch. It's like they're iron lungs and they just some some guys when they play certain teams they they just own own them and Roman Yossi's always done that against the Wild but uh yeah when you're putting Brock Faber up up with those names it's uh it's impressive and he's he's only 21 he's got such a long career ahead of him it's 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 nuts how young these guys are same with Marco Rossi we have to give give him flowers too I know we didn't pick him but you know he was a you know finalist in this in this three but uh, the the way he's playing too. I mean, he's put himself up there in the Calder race too. Yeah, which is which is crazy. You know, uh, you know, poor Connor Bedard. You know, having that you know fractured jaw. Uh, it's it's allowed some other guys to to hop in there. But this, uh, I mean, this rookie class is is insane. Uh, you know, Fantilli's playing really well on an awful Columbus team, and Leo Carlson was at, at least at the beginning of the year was dealing with the. Ducks load managing him, which is which is absolutely insane. Um, you know, and just yeah, there's so many, so many good rookies. Logan Cooley at times has has wowed, and yeah, the you know these guys come in and they uh, they play with a lot of confidence, and they they're like, yeah, yeah, we yeah we belong here. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's the this next generation is uh, you know something else. I think Faber and Rossi will probably be finalists if mm. things hold the way that they are. But you can tell that load management is not a <laughs> strategy that a lot of teams subscribe to by the fact that I just mentioned that rookie Brock Faber is fourth in the entirety of the <laughs> NHL in minutes played. So sorry, Leo Carlson, that you landed on the Ducks because had you been a Minnesota Wilds player, You'd probably be fifth on the list no kidding. in minutes played this season. 25 minutes as a forward. <laughs> yeah. We've got to get him, got to get him to 30. But yeah, it's it's Brock Faber. Pretty easy yeah. for me. I mean, um, number one power play defenseman, despite efforts when Spurgeon returned to put him on that unit, which that worked out for a whole like six seconds. Yeah. Number one power play quarterback, number one penalty kill pairing, number one defensive pairing. He's playing in overtime. He's playing all of the critical spots all throughout the game. And if not for if not for the uh, the brilliance of Brock Faber this year, we could be in number one overall pick territory. Right. Because you got to figure he's been worth at least a couple of wins so far this season. I shudder and, to think about where they would be at. I mean, and looking, looking at the draft, I know it's it's crazy to think about this early, but I mean, I saw Jerome Ginla's son 
is in in the <laughs> in the lottery. When I saw that mock draft, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> when when guys we we grew up watching are having having kids be in 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 the NHL draft, it's like, dear God, we're getting old. Yeah. And um, I, I was reminded of that again with uh, with Joe Maurer making the uh, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like I was I was texting a friend of mine and I was like, I watched Joe Maurer's entire career start to finish. And he's been retired not only for five years, but he's also now in the uh, in the Hall of Fame. I was like, it's just nuts. <sighs> every time a uh, every time an Anaheim Ducks player got behind the Minnesota wild defense for a breakaway or a two on one. I aged five years. Well, so. and how about Jackson, Lacombe, a defenseman getting multiple breakaways <laughs> a ducks defenseman. He's not even a, a forward. Yeah. It was just like, Oh my goodness. And I thought, you know, Adam Henrique, when he got, when he got that breakaway chance coming out of the box, I was like, this is, this is going in, but thank, thank goodness. Uh, it just he's on one of those types of heaters. I was like, oh yeah. my god, here it comes! But uh, yeah. it didn't go in. But Troy Terry's did. Oh my god! And I almost called that hat trick. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were joking offline. I was like, uh, when we saw John Merrill was in the lineup, I was like, incoming, <laughs> <laughs> incoming Troy Troy Terry Hattie, and he was close. I mean, they they were trying to get him out there with with the empty net. Uh, it just uh, it didn't go. But uh, yeah, just. This team, man. This team. And that's uh, for those that listen to the Lockdown Wild postcast after that uh, hockey day dud um, by the Minnesota Wilds. We uh, we put a nail in the coffin for the uh, the playoff push. And so to finish today's episode, we'll talk about some of the things that the Wilds should do down the stretch. You've got 33 games left. And so there are some ways that they can make positive steps if they simply would listen <laughs> we'll talk about that to finish today's episode of locked on wilds after this today's episode of locked on wild is also brought to you by FanDuel. happy super bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, america's number one sports book if you're like me super bowl sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You may have heard some of those outrageous Super Bowl parlays or the 90 pages of Super Bowl prop bets. My favorite to uh, to keep track of is, of course, the length of the national anthem. But you've got some great options for the Super Bowl whether it be the first quarter over or under, who scores the first touchdown of the game, even what color the Gatorade bath is for the winning coach. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Plus, even better yet, New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, we thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Reminder, if you are interested in being part of a future episode of Lockdown Wild, send an email to LockdownWild at gmail.com. We will get those lined up here. We've got uh, a first batch of uh, listeners that are excited to take part that will be going on this week. Uh, so if you are uh, still interested in being part of that, LockdownWild at gmail.com. Alex, playoff push is over. It's dead. It's done. It's not happening. Uh, so there are some things that the Wilds can do to navigate through the rest of this season. Uh, and number one, I think, is to get some fresh bodies <laughs> up to the NHL level. We saw it. So this was another this was another maddening thing that happened in Saturday's game. So Pat Maroon gets hurt. More on him in a bit. Pat Maroon gets hurt. Freddie Goudreau was hurt for a little bit of um, of the uh, the game as well. So you're down two players, right? Marcus Foligno was sick before the game, so he didn't play. So you went eleven and seven. So but you lose Maroon. You're down to ten forwards. Uh, then Freddie Goudreau is out. So the Wild basically rolled, um, basically rolled three lines of forwards. Jake Lucchini in a game in which you lost a forward and you had one that was not part of the game to begin with. Heinzer just refused to play him. Yeah. Yeah, Played a grand total of four minutes. He didn't take a single shift in the second period. Why even have him up? Why? If, if that, you know, why even have him uh, up, uh, up on the, on the team then? Yeah. Like, and this is, this is the thing is whether it's Jake Lucchini or whether it's Adam Raska, you're not like you're playing those guys five minutes a night. And this is something that has driven me absolutely like haywire over the course of the season too, is because we see this with that third pairing defensively too. the numbers for those guys. Um, It was under 10 minutes each for Merrill Golgoski and Mermis. And so again, I keep asking the question, what are you afraid of Damon Hunt giving you in the like couple of games that he's played where he's played 15 minutes? What are you afraid of him giving you that you are not getting from guys that you are protecting with small minute totals on that third pairing? Like you're not extending. It can't be worse. Yeah. It just I, I just refuse to believe that it can be because if they were good, you'd be playing them more. But instead, and you're playing them seven minutes a night, eight minutes a night. You drafted Damon Hunt and where he was. And if you aren't going to let him develop, I mean, I mean, what what are we doing here? And, uh, you know, Alex Goligoski and John Merrill clearly aren't the future on the back end. So give give damon hunt a chance and if he and if you know if he, if he fails then then he fails and uh you have you have plenty of other d prospects in waiting too you got carson lambos ryan o'rourke jack pert pert is probably going to sign here after st cloud season is done so i mean you have guys in the hopper that are that are ready to to try to make that next step too and 
you know, uh, a guy like Will Will Butcher, who they just uh, traded for, uh, former Horby Baker Award winner. You know, he's an option too that that they might have to have to call up here too. It just uh, it's a nightmare on the back end. Yeah, and I, I think I think one of the potential spots that has led to Damon Hunt not seeing a ton of time is trying to prevent him from that uh, elusive number on his entry-level contract. Like, they don't want to burn. But guess what? You already have. Right. He's played in 12 games uh, so far this season. So So play the man. Yeah, if the the cutoff is 10, you've already gone above that. So get him in the lineup yesterday. He should be, so if you're going to, because here's the other thing. Jared Spurgeon's on long-term injured reserve for the the rest of the season. He's out for the year. So you're not having to bare bones the roster. So Damon Hunt, the first day that you come back after the All-Star break, number one. But then, like, let's, let's do a little better than having a fourth line guy that you play for four minutes in right. a game. Like, what is that? That is that like five, five or six shifts is if, all. If that, yeah, it, and it does, it does that guy no harm. It's more embarrassing for him that he has to sit there for an entire 60 minutes. You know, I think, I think that's worse than being in the press box. Cause yeah. you're just sitting there while the rest of your teammates are going on and off the ice. And you're just, you're the grocery stick. You're, uh, you know, you're opening up the, the, the door. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's not a good look for, for the organization. It's not good for the, for the player. And, you know, it's just like, you have to imagine, could you imagine what it is to be like Adam Beckman too? I mean, you see every other prospect get a chance and you're still stuck in Iowa. It's, it's got to be mind-boggling for him, and you think at some point he would, he would just go to his agent and say, "Enough is enough." Yeah, he should be player number two mm-hmm. after the All Star break, and beyond that, I mean, <laughs> beyond that, take your pick. Because... I mean, we've, we've seen we've seen that this organization really doesn't trust Sammy Walker, even though people want him up here. It's just yeah. I don't know if he is comfortable being a fourth line guy. Some guys, some guys, they do it to adjust to, you know, to stay in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can look at a guy like Nick Dowd. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sure you, you know, I know Seth, you're familiar with him, but you know, at St. Cloud, he was, uh, you know, he was a big time scorer. And then uh, for him to get into the national league and national hockey league, and then stick in the national hockey league, he learned to, kill penalties, be on the fourth line, be a grinder. And if you, you know, if you want to be an NHLer, you take, you do whatever it takes to, uh, you know, to have them, you know, to make them keep you up there. And he's, he's found a great spot in, in Washington. And yeah, it's just, you know, that's, there's plenty of examples of guys that uh, they uh, adapt to a role, even though they might've been a scorer in college, but you, you do whatever it takes to, you know, to, to stay in the league. Yeah, that you you find a role and you put yourself in position to where a team like can't take you out of the lineup. That's that's as easy as it is. So let's get some new bodies up here. 
uh, for the love of God, <laughs> don't buy. There's no reason to buy. No. Like, it, there's no reason unless, again, the only instance, because this is something that I continue to uh, continue to try to imprint, is there's going to be no Goligoski next year. You're probably not bringing Zach Bogosian back, although it wouldn't surprise me if that was attempted. And look, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be super upset by that. I think he's, you know, he's had some games where it's like, oh boy. But I think, <laughs> I think we can att- attribute at least some of that to who he is on a pairing with. He's only thirty three too. People people think just with his beard that he's like forty. Yeah. Like, he's thirty three, and it's crazy to think he was like what the third overall pick in his draft too, which is yeah, is just mind boggling to to think he's, uh, you know, he's made it a long time in this league, but he's still he's still not that old. Well, and just, and call me crazy, but I just I I loved all those stories that came out about how like willing he was to be a mentor for Damon Hunt mm-hmm. like while Hunt was up here. I like that. That's y- yeah, you're that's going huge. to be relying more and more on young players and so if you have guys that are like hell yeah, I'll they've I'll... won cups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they know how I to would, win. I would be fully in favor of bringing a guy yeah. like that back. But okay, so no Goligoski. Right. I don't think there is and I'm I'm choosing my words carefully here because this is probably going to be like a Mount Vesuvius level eruption next year <laughs> if it happens. I don't see there being a conceivable way that you can have John Merrill back next and year. People, and people are triggered by the word buyout, but it might <laughs> they might have to do it just to get him off the books. Or like, he'll be on the books, but uh, away from this team. It's... Uh, <sighs> Uh, you might have to pull the trigger on it. I just don't see a way that he's back. So that's two spots right there. Right. Um, and so Damon Hunt's still theoretically, even if you have, even if you bring Bogosian back, could still theoretically be a starter mm-hmm. for this team. And again, like something that we need to just like, we need to just work into our thought process. I'm not comfortable just, penciling Jared Spurgeon into a spot and saying, yeah, it, he's going to, he's going to have no problems. He's going to be just fine. Pencil him in for 82 games as, as a top four defense, a top pairing defenseman. I'm not comfortable making no. that assumption because not he's multiple he's having some surgery, pretty substantial surgeries that, uh, that he's going through this off season. And so, I'm I'm not comfortable just saying, yeah, we can rely on Spurgeon the way that we have over the last few years. And so there are going to need to be some defensemen that can actually help you like just get through the season. But beyond that, for the love of God, <laughs> do not buy at the deadline. No, it does it does not help anybody. Yeah. So sell. But here's the problem with that. You have a limited, unless you get guys to agree to waive, you have some, uh, you've got some maneuvering that needs to happen in that regard. And again, like it's, it's great to mention that, you know, you can theoretically move um, some of these guys with the, the no move or the no trade protections. But here's the other part of that equation too. 
Bill Guerin would have to either a get to the point where he wanted to, which is an admission of this mix not working, or b have Craig Leopold tell him he has to make some sort of a big change to move uh, one or two of these guys. Beyond that, it's probably not happening. So yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> yeah yeah, and the 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 tradable assets, you know. Look at Pat Maroon got hurt. So, One I mean, of them is hurt right yeah. now. Yeah. So it just, uh, yeah, <laughs> that 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 would be another conundrum too. Is the tradable assets get hurt? Yeah, we're uh, we're in a great spot. So basically, basically down the this down the stretch here, let's let's give some extended and honest opportunities to some of the guys down in Iowa to see because there are going to be players that get hurt again. It's happened all season. So let's give some honest opportunities to those guys. Give them the opportunity to see what you've got. Damon Hunt should be in the lineup regularly mm-hmm. in these final 33 games. Um, Don't buy. Please don't buy. And where? And, and even if they buy... I mean, where are some of these guys going to play too? If if they if they try to buy, I mean, again, you're going to have to move somebody off the roster, right? I mean, and, and I get, I don't think I don't think Bill Guerin has shown any, even an inkling, of wanting to do that. And I know, I know the a couple of these guys have been just fan favorites for for a bit. Uh, but I just I don't see Connor Dewar and Brandon Duhame being on the team next season because uh, I think those guys are sick of being on the fourth line. You, you can you can tell <laughs> when when uh, Dewar scored that that you know in that other night. Uh, you know he's like it, it had been a while. You know it just. Yeah. Uh, um, but I I just it, it it seems like you know that those guys are hunting for for more minutes somewhere else and uh you know i could see a brandon duham going back to florida uh in you know being on a you know tampa bay team that's in transition or a florida panthers team too where he could get get more ice time and be comfortable at home and uh you know a guy like <laughs> you hate to you, you hate to hear this but you know like a, a connor Dew could go go back to Manitoba and go, you know, go, go play for the Winnipeg Jets or, you know, a team, team like that in Canada, which would be just, you know, haunting, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, just those guys, it's, uh, it seems like they, they want more minutes elsewhere and some yeah. other teams might be able to provide that other than the wild. I know it's yeah. tough to hear, but yeah, no, it you're just, right though. It just seems like it. Yeah. You, you are right. So those are some things that we should see happen. Yep. We all know what's going to happen, though. And so <laughs> it's the these final 33 games, it's going to be me yelling into the microphone, wondering why we continue to push for something that's not attainable, why we bought a third-pairing defenseman for some level of prospects. And so uh, fear not, because Lockdown Wild will try to be the voice of reason here down the stretch. Um, But again, you're dealing with what we want to see based off of a different set of circumstances uh, 
from the front office. So it's going to look different than what we are hoping to see, but um, right. I guess we'll we'll take small positives that benefit the greater good if we can, yes. if we get them. And uh, it, it probably won't take long because you know if if they're going to be in a position to buy at the deadline. You got to start playing like it, and there just has been no instance this year in which this team has. And so right. you you lose to Chicago to start off the uh, the second half, and that at some point one of those types of games is going to be the one where the fork, like the actual dagger, the <laughs> yeah, or it's the the Kraken are gonna gonna lend a, just yeah. a, <laughs> oh man, please oh. let them just walk the plank, yeah, like uh, so. <laughs> Enjoy, I stress this to everybody listening, enjoy a week of uh, of quiet because I think for all of our sanities, we could use one. So enjoy the uh, enjoy the all star break episodes We're we're not going anywhere. So we'll there will be plenty of episodes here throughout the week. Um, we're going to take a look at a few things. I want to dive into a potential for Brock Faber's new contract. So that'll be a full episode. Get that eight um, year <laughs> extension yeah, loaded up. Just, just line that eight by eight up right now. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a few other things. Uh, probably do some draft stuff too, because you know, we're in the top 10 now in, uh, in tankathon we're back. So we'll talk <laughs> back, about that baby. as well. So a lot coming up here this week. Thank you for the support as always. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day with us here at Lockdown Wild and making us your first listen each and every day. Make sure to hit the like button before you head out for the uh, rest of your daily routine. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms as well so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week, which you can find every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.